This is The Storyteller with another hot topic. Overcoming fear. Many people think the opposite of fear is hope, courage, or strength. The true opposite of fear is faith. And when fear causes paralysis, it not only quenches one's peace, but it attacks the foundation of that peace, namely our faith. Peace goes out the window when fear is present. Much of fear is rooted in doubt that God will be present, provide justice or help or be capable of dealing with the crisis at hand. Faith says, yes, God is here. Yes, God will provide. Yes, God is capable of all things. Much of fear is rooted in threats, sometimes threatening words, sometimes threatening behavior. Faith says, I will not be traumatized by threats. I will act wisely, not fearfully. I believe God will prevent whatever the threat is from ever coming to pass. And if the threat does come to pass, I believe God will help me deal with whatever is thrown at me. When Saul, king of Israel, realized that God had taken his hand of anointing and blessings from him because of his arrogance and disobedience, and had placed it instead upon a young man, David. He was furious. He began a campaign to find David and kill him, to remove this threat from his life. First Samuel 19, on the other hand, David felt threatened by Saul's army and on several occasions feared for his life. But scriptures tell us that David was strengthened by God's promises to protect him and one day make him king of Israel. In our modern world, we often read of people who, in spite of intimidation by disease, accident, our danger, pressed ahead to uncertain outcomes, rejection, defeat, and yes, sometimes victory. Arctic explorers, Olympic athletes, missionaries, venture capitalists, and philanthropists comes to mind. So threats do not have to stymie and cripple us. Our challenge in times of threat is not to focus on what might become a reality, but rather to focus on what we can count on being true. Many people are living under a dark cloud of threat today. Some are experiencing threat of disease. Some are facing the threats of injury to their children. And some are hearing threats related to the loss of their job. The answer to all these types of threats is faith in what we know to be true. People often focus too much on where they've been, where they are from, the manner in which they grew up, the poor choices they've made, and the setbacks that they've experienced. But life isn't about where you've been, it's about where you're going. The person I was isn't the person I am, nor is it the person that I hope to become. You see, God wants your attention to be focused on the present. He wants you to look straight ahead because what he has for you is not behind you, but in front of you. Reminding yourself of your past mistakes does nothing for today. It doesn't help you. People get so stuck looking back at the storms they've weathered and they don't notice where their ship is heading. This is a true story. I was told in a church that I just left recently that my praise and worship wasn't allowed in that church. It wasn't that kind of church. I would take my own box of tissues in because I cry when the Lord shows up. You see, the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit of God is, there is liberty or should be. I don't know anyone that can be in the presence of our Lord and not cry. I can hardly even hold my head up when he shows up. We long for the presence of the Lord and so many people, they miss his presence when he shows up. I am not one of those people. 
However, I'm prepared. I take my own tissues so that I don't have to look for tissues. I have wear glasses, so I take my glasses off and I place them on my seat along with my things and my box of tissues. After praise and worship, I turn around to get my glasses and my tissue. Tissues are gone. Glasses are gone. Seat is clean because the people behind me and beside me from the left and to the right decided that they needed the tissues more than I did. And they didn't care about my things that were on the seat. So I had to actually search for my glasses that were on the floor and then retrieve my box of tissues. The only thing I could say was, my goodness, how did they get all the way down there? Like three people in the back row down to the left from me. I got my tissues. I sat down. A few seconds later, I feel this violent tap on my shoulder from this woman. And I turn around and she says, we're going to need those tissues back. I had to literally tell that old woman that I used to be to be still. I turned to her and I said politely, these are my tissues that I brought from my home. I don't mind sharing them with you. And I gave them a couple tissues and then I turned back around. You would not believe the treatment. There's more to that twisted tale, but I'm going to stop at that right there because that sounds crazy. I was feeling some type of way. Yes, it left me feeling some type of way. And then to be told that my praise and worship was not acceptable because it wasn't that kind of church. Who, who can be in the presence of the Lord and not cry? During praise and worship, I love the Lord so much. My praise and worship, I praise and I worship God. And that is one of the cases where you say, I don't know what you came for, but I came to praise the Lord. But to have me be told that I can't praise and worship God, I can't cry and call out to him because it's not that kind of church. It's not the church for me. Refuge, you say? Refuge. Wow. There's no refuge in that. You should never wonder why people leave, but you should wonder why they never come back. Pastors, you can think it's the people that leave if you want to. You might want to check the flock that you're entertaining that's running away the true sheep. But many are faithful because the word is good, but they don't want to come inside the church. So therefore, they do it from home in the comfort of their own home so that they don't have to weed through all the rigmarole that the pastors allow or are simply blind too. But we can't even look back in that. We have to press on. We have to move forward. There's nothing like church hurt on the face of this earth, but we have to drop it like a hot potato. Looking back is the same thing as dropping anchor. It is choosing to sit still, to be stagnant, to do nothing. Well, I chose to pull up my anchor and keep it moving. I don't have to eat a whole cow to realize I'm eating beef and you only have to tell me one time. I've been shunned by the best. I'm allergic to drama and I will flee, especially if father doesn't stop me. I am gone like yesterday's novel because that is not the church for me. It's not that it's not that kind of church, but it is that's not the church for me. And churches like that limit your serving. They limit you and won't allow you to do works and service for the Lord. I'm a praise and worship dancer with flags and banners. My ministry is youth, family, and charity. I wasn't allowed to serve at that church. And by that, I mean serve in a ministry, have a ministry, have a small group, true service. Be grafted in with my talents and my ministries that I've been called to do by God himself. I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing like serving and operating out of your true gift of ministry. You have to be very careful because a lot of these churches, they will place you in areas that you are not anointed and you will be frustrated and very sad and weakened. 
but I was allowed to usher or serve food, cook food, bring food, or be part of the care team, or which consisted of buying stamps, sending out cards, and preparing meals for their other team members, and bringing the food in on Sundays to feed a crew of 10 teams or so, at my expense. And just let me say the irony of that didn't come until after the offense. Make food and bring food, but I wasn't allowed to serve in ministry without becoming a member and going through these classes and to become a member in all of this. And I found that strikingly odd because you will let me prepare food, not knowing me, but less than a a month or so, but you would let me prepare food and bring food for 10 teams of people consisting of more than maybe six or seven people per team. But you would let me bring food. I think we have our priorities mixed up in that area. Mm -hmm. You don't know me from Adam, but you would eat at my hand. Seemed like that I would do a background check, become a member, and go through all of these classes to be able to serve food to a congregation. Kind of piggly wiggly mentality is that being allowed to serve God or being allowed to serve man. They're two totally different things. They really are. A caterer I am not. You allow me to cook, clean, and serve, but you won't allow me to start a dance team ministry with flags. The only one that would benefit from that ministry would be Jesus first and the church second that many were interested in, by the way. There are a lot of things in our lives that are not for us. And sometimes we tap into them. And just like we tapped into them, we have to untap out of them. Not everything is good for us. So in essence, I guess that is in a sense true, harsh to tell someone that they can't worship the Lord in a capacity that is pleasing to the Lord. That's a sad, sad thing. But faith is the light that shines through the tunnel. It is the compass that points north when you get off course. Faith is what you have left when everything else seems so far away. It isn't always easy to have faith, but it is always necessary. Faith is what gives us as Christians the strength to carry on this despite the circumstances surrounding us. And remember, you don't have to operate outside of your anointed ministry that God himself has called you to just to be a part of what man is trying to do in the churches. Stay in the will of God. Operating outside of your true ministry gift is frustrating and it's no benefit to anyone. This is The Storyteller with another hot topic. Feed your faith and doubt will starve to death. Subscribe to keep up to date.